0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Flashback to the Track. I am Mark, and in today's episode, I'm alone. James is not here, but it's a kind of a special episode because we're starting off a series of interviews with different racing drivers and people in the racing industry. Uh, I had a chance to talk via Skype with a friend of mine, Mark Wilkins. Mark is a current Hyundai factory driver. Uh, he drives for Brian Herta Autosport in the IMSA. IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge Series and they actually just won the championship last year in their first season competing. Uh, the two team cars finished one and two so they're looking to have a big season again in 2020 and they'll be headed off to the roar before the 24 actually this weekend. Uh, I'll be there as well I jet off tomorrow morning so I'm looking forward to getting back to a racetrack and uh, it's been a while. It's been about six weeks since I've been a track so looking forward to it but Mark and I sat down to talk about uh, his time in the Grand Am Rolex sports car series. If you remember Grand Am, it was a sports car series owned by NASCAR. Uh, it featured the Daytona prototype, which was kind of a kind of an interesting uh, prototype car. I mean, it didn't really look like anything else, and it's kind of known for being like one of the ugliest sports cars ever. Uh, I always found them kind of endearing. It was really cool. Uh, Grand Am had a lot of NASCAR interests, so there was all kinds of uh, NASCAR drivers uh, at you know, Grand Am races and running in the Rolex 24. We had huge fields of cars, 60, 70 cars uh, for the Rolex 24 at Daytona. So I always loved Grand Am. I love watching it. And uh, we're going to go back and talk to Mark about his time in Grand Am when he used to drive for uh, AIM Autosport and also some of the other racing that he was doing at the time and just sort of get his insight on the Grand Am series. We're going to kind of join right in the middle of Mark sort of giving us uh, his intro into Grand Am. Uh, You're supposed to, when you record an interview, do one of those hokey, like, first you answer the phone and you greet each other and you're like, hey, how's it going? All right, we're going to record this thing, you know, and you're supposed to do like a, oh, hey, Mark, how's it going? Uh, But I totally forgot to do that. So we're just going to join him kind of mid-sentence and just hear, you know, what's going on. And uh, he'll talk about his time at Grand Am. We'll have a great discussion. And I really hope we can do uh, more of these interviews. And then uh, goes for about 25 minutes. And then when you hear the music at the end, uh, you have been looking forward to the next episode. So I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everyone. It's 2020. So uh, please enjoy this interview with Mark Wilkins and hopefully we'll uh, bring you more in the future.
1: Series seemed super cool and it was a place that my dad had you know been racing and and really enjoyed the racing and it was kind of like a window into into sports car racing for me because I had been you know at the same time doing all open wheel um you know uh, in in Canada uh, first in, in 1600 and then two liter in the states and I think at the time that we ran at Daytona I would have been running Formula Renault or up to sort of Star Mazda um, and so I was kind of dabbling in Grand Am and I, I just liked it. It was just fun racing, um, you know, great com- competitive racing, you know, in, in street cars. I think at the time I thought, well, open wheels way cooler. Um, you know, but that's just an age thing. And then, you know, it, 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 it kind of evolved to, you know, well, where, where do you go from, uh, you know, from open wheel. And at the time, you know, it was kind of like, well, Grand is really growing in this new Daytona prototype classes. Really, you know, the cars are kind of they're kind of funky looking, but they're they're they, you know they were at the time they still seemed expensive, uh, but and, and compared to today it's it's insane, um, you know how much less uh, how much less costly they were to run, but it was it was kind of like you know do you do you go to open wheel route and and take the risk you know when IndyCar Car and Champ Car were kind of in their struggles and um, it, it just looked really uncertain there as far as trying to make a career and. So having done some Grand Am races and had and having had a bit of success, um, you know, early on, I thought, well, you know, what Daytona Prototype, you know, would would be an awesome place to go, and they had twenty plus car fields, and the growth looked really strong, and 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 then Grand Am was, you know, going to, uh, um, you know, get the NASCAR influence. So NASCAR was going to buy them, and it, all of this sort of in the mid two thousands just looked incredibly exciting it was like man nascar is going to own sports car racing and nascar is the biggest thing and so they're going to bleed a bunch of money into uh grand am and and it's going to grow into this massive thing and so it it just seemed like the cool up-and-coming place to be and the racing was cool and the cars were fun to drive and really raw um and then of course the stock market crashed in 08 and everything that nascar kind of was going to do to Grand Am, they kind of put on the back burner, um, you know, because of, uh, obviously because of that, that impact and how that affected NASCAR and, there, and all of the uncertainty in, in, uh, the global market. So it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of crazy because we had, we had, we dove in in 06 and, and ran strong in 07. And then, you know, we always kind of had committed to a, a, a strong three-year effort to, to try to build my career and, and just try to see where Grand Am would go and uh, 08, you know, being the, the financial, the, the the tricky financial year, was also happened to be a fantastic year for us, um, and and still extremely strong. I mean, it's just great racing, and you know, 20 plus cars, um, you know, and then perhaps just a little bit less of the stuff that they were hoping to bring over to Grand Am to really grow it uh, as a result of that uh, the changes on the financial side. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if that how much of that question that answers for you
0: yeah no no problem that's great yeah like just basically what i what i wanted to ask you about was um to start with is so you the first time you drove uh daytona prototype i've had a lot of people ask like they want to know basically that car how it compares to like you know other cars of the time like sort of your your alms lmp1 lmp2 cars or lmpc cars how it sort of you know because a lot of guys drove both series i know guys like andy wallace which light singer they go back and forth so how like I'm not sure did you ever I know you drove an LMPC car um I did. for the first time with level 5 but Correct, h- how yeah. did that car sort of compare to the other stuff that you drove at the time
1: Um it, I mean I, I, yeah I guess comparing to the LMPC car would be the 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 closest thing for me um and and it it seemed like the the Grand Dam series was just a bit more raw it was a little more had a little more that NASCAR influence and so it was kind of like you know your 5 liter V8 you know, cars didn't have all the nannies and, 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 you know, all the, the, the things that made it would make the car easier to drive. I mean, they were kind of, you know, 500 ish horsepower, you know, just super raw, um, tube frame chassis cars. And, and, you know, I think that's what kept the cost down. It, 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 it didn't do anything to the race and the racing was all fantastic. Um, you know, but uh, compared to like an LMPC, it was maybe a little less refined, just more raw would be the big thing. The LMPC car, you know, was a bit more finesse and, you know, carbon tub and, you know, that, that paddle shift gearbox versus the, you know, the sequential in the in the DP where you'd be banging through the, 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 the gearbox, you know, with your right hand. It was, you know, but the pre, pre-dating all the paddle shift stuff. So I guess ALMS seemed to be you know, a little bit, um, maybe a bit more ahead of the time and and a little bit more about technology and, and, you know, the latest and greatest and, and, you know, more aerodynamics. And so the drive and the feel of the car, you know, was a little bit different, a little bit, you know, uh, maybe just a little bit um, higher technology, I suppose, you know, just a little different spec. Um, but I thought the DP cars, just the level of rawness and, and, you know, especially in this day and age where everything is just about technology. Um, I think it was so cool and so much fun to drive those cars where you just had to get in and wheel them. I mean, they were, you just had to drive them and they were, they weren't the easiest car to drive. They weren't the hardest car to drive. They were, they were just, they, you had to work and they were hot. And, um, you know, you, you have some races where you didn't feel great when you got out cause they were, they were stinking hot, um, you know, and, and they made you work. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was just a ton of fun really overall. And I know people harked on the. You know how the look and the feel of the car kind of was like raw and I think what was cool about that is that it really the outside appearance almost reflected the driving experience i suppose they were kind of one in one or hand in hand um and and that was really neat uh so yeah i mean that's that's the biggest thing I would say is just that grandam was was just raw and 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 that's
0: what made it uh made it really unique i think the the term I'd use is like it's very grassroots Compared to grassroots, maybe ALMS, you know, where you got factories, right? There wasn't really a lot of factories in in Grand Am. You could just, you know, build a car with your buddies and go racing, kind of like old
1: NASCAR. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when we, we took on that project, of course, it was with AIM Autosport. Um, and, you know, I'd raced with AIM Autosport, at, I guess, in total for about 10 years. And, and they really, you know, really kind of set my career off. And, and thanks to Ian Ian Keith and, and of course, Andrew Bourdain, um, you know, it, it was just a... It, you know we we kind of were a team that ran open wheel and were relatively kind of grassroots but you know a team that had been so successful in open wheel and and we kind of when we talked to Ian and said hey you know what about this grand damn thing what about Daytona prototype you know why don't we just take the team and let's let's grow it let's make this this really big and and you know Ian and Andrew they they said you know heck yeah let's let's do it it's um you know we can compete and and like you're saying it's I think that was cool about Grand Am is that, you know, a little privateer effort um, could show up and race and win races. And, you know, it, it, it didn't have the big factory. I mean, we dealt with, you know, we dealt with, uh, you know, Roush and uh, with the motors and BMW and uh, Dynan, um, And, of course, Lexus is where we started um, and TRD. So, you know, it, 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 it kind of had a bit of influence. But we could still go out there and race for wins. And, and, you know, I'm not sure you could say the same these days. I think it would be, you know, be, it would be tricky. It would be tough. It would certainly be a lot more expensive, too.
0: Yeah. And so in 2006, you, you guys enter your first prototype race, which is that weird summer sprint race they used to do, uh, the Rumos yep. Porsche 250 at Daytona. And James Hinchcliffe was your teammate. And yeah. that was probably before anyone knew who James Hinchcliffe was. I think he was like 19 at the time.
1: Yes. Um, so James, James and I were teammates at aim, uh, in the star Mazdas. And, um, and so James and I know each other quite well and, uh, Um, you know when it came down to this this new direction for for aim um, to kind of complement their open wheel programs um, you know that james was the natural fit i mean he's just such a great talent great driver and you know we said you know why don't you why don't we do this one together it would be it would be fun and and, you know it was a one-off we had just received the car you know the team would have just received all the, the equipment to do pit stops and driver change and all, all of the whole endurance format stuff was, was new. And so we had zero expectations in that race. It was just a, you know, bring the car out, try to finish, and maybe we'll get a half decent result, but it, it had nothing to do with the result. It was just about the process. And, and, you know, James was, uh, was the perfect fit uh, to do that since we were working together um, on the open wheel side.
0: And then 2007 you go full time and uh, you kind of had some different co-drivers obviously for the longer races, but you seem to have the, or the team had a very good relationship with the Frizzell family because you had Bert or Brian Frizzell uh, in the car pretty much every race. And I think eventually it was, it was mostly your teammate was Bert in the later years, right? Yeah, that's right. So it, um, exactly. So
1: Bert and Brian uh, were fantastic drivers and and teammates. They were great guys. um, And we became, you know, quite good friends um, amidst the, the whole race program. And, and I ran, um, you know, I, definitely with some mixed driver pairings, especially in the long races. Um, you know, but ultimately I think the, the year that was the, the highlight was, was 08. And, and I spent that year, uh, with Brian, um, and, and then, you know, in 09, uh, and 10, we, we, we still had some great successes, uh, Bert and I, and, and, uh, you know, I think that the, 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 you know, we we all had such a good working relationship um, that it was just an easy sort of seamless uh, seamless fit, and uh, you know, it, it they were great. I mean, they they were able to get the job done in the car, which obviously you know helped uh, obviously helped with the later years and carrying the, the motorsport career uh, you know further further down the road.
0: Yeah, two thousand eight. Uh, You're talking about it's kind of your big year. We sort of talked about the intro, so. Yeah, in two thousand seven, you guys weren't on the podium. You had a couple top fives, but in two thousand eight, you know, you go, you win that race at Montreal, which is you know the on Canadian soil, which is really cool for a Canadian team, and everyone's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. But then you win again the next week at at Watkins Glen as well.
1: Yeah, um, you know that year we uh, was a crazy good year overall. I mean, we started at um, uh, you know at Daytona. We had a really stout uh, driver lineup and we were leading and we had, we had some issues that obviously, uh, you know, took us out of the race. Um, but we, we knocked on the door for the wins that entire season. And, um, you know, Montreal was one we totally didn't expect to win that like, looked like we we're going to finish third or fourth, um, which would have been a great result for us. And then, you know, but fuel strategy played in and You know, Ian called a great strategy, uh, which gave us a position to to you know know that we were fine on fuel and push really hard at the end of that race. Um, You know, and and our competitors were a bit short, and so it was it was it was kind of a surreal one. It was you know I think it's still in the books as the closest finished in Grand Am series history. Um, which was really neat, um, you know, and we left there with a lot of confidence because we had knocked on the door. I think even at Barber, we we were Brian was leading, and then we had a an issue with the car, and you know, so we we had a few you know highs that turned into big lows, and and so Montreal kind of turned it around for us, and and when we went to the Glen, you know, that short course at the Glen is just a fast, cool you know wicked racetrack and you know we just had a had a great amount of momentum and confidence going into that uh into that race and uh you know we we were just strong it just it just everything clicked we did everything right it was like a textbook weekend and um you know and and we tried to you know and, and kind of continue that to the end of the year but uh, those were definitely the two the two highlights and uh um, you know, we, I remember lots of celebrations around those, you know, especially for, you know, the team and, you know, it was always, you know, the little team that could, you know, with aim, how, how could we accomplish that goal? And, um, you know, it just was testament to, you know, just how great the team is, the personnel and and just the synergy that we
0: all had. That's that season was just really, really great. And I'll kind of ask, so, uh, you know, with all the, um, relationship with NASCAR that grandam had and having races, you know, on NASCAR weekends and stuff. Did you ever get an opportunity to like drive like a like a a Bush car or an Xfinity car at any time? Like anyone ever approach you about that? You know, I know Michael Valiante drove one uh at Montreal and a lot of other Canadian drivers. Did you ever get
1: asked about that? No, I never did. And I know a lot of drivers were asked, especially about the road courses. Um, you know, and 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 it's probably in hindsight something that I should have I should have explored more. Um, I think I was just so focused on the Daytona prototype Grand Am program. I've always been one of those drivers that's like to really give 110% in the program that I'm in. And, and I always felt that trying to take on additional or different types of, of, of driving that, uh, you know, could, or, 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 could be dramatically, or, 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 you know, at least somewhat different from what I'm doing could kind of dis- detract from the main program. And so I think at the time, I just really wanted to, to focus on the Daytona prototype side and try to build my career in sports cars. And I never really, um, I never, I never really got approached. And I guess I never really pushed it to, to, you know, try to, um, to do a, like a bush race or truck or, or anything. Um, and, you know, and, and in hindsight, that probably would have been something that would have been super cool and, and really need to have tried.
0: And so going on like through, through your career, I know 2009, 2010, Ames doing its thing. Uh, you don't win any more races, but there's a couple of podiums in there and some, and some highlights. And then in 2011, uh, you go part time uh, with the team, but you actually got to drive with, uh, with uh, Scott Tucker's team level five uh, at Daytona that year. Yeah. So uh,
1: yeah. So I I had been running with uh, Level Five in ALMS and uh, in the LMPC car uh, with quite a bit of success. Uh, We won quite a few of the the long endurance races uh, in 2010, and so you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I'd asked the team was, you know, Hey, can I, is there an opportunity to, to be one of the drivers in your effort at Daytona for the 24? And, you know, it, everything had gone so well with them, um, in, on the LMS side that they, they, they naturally thought that was a good idea. And so I became a part of that, uh, of that effort for that race. And, uh, uh, and, and got to drive with some pretty pretty stout uh, teammates it was it was kind of a surreal experience for me for sure um, you know and, and I don't think the results at the end of the day were, weren't spectacular uh, or for that race but that race is, is so tricky it, you, you just never know kind of what you're going to get but uh, certainly you know a, a great overall experience um, and sort of career building sort of side of things on the LMS side um, and, and then to, to be able to, to bring it back to Daytona for the 24, uh, with them was, was a really cool experience.
0: Cause if I'm not mistaken at this time, Grand Am had no driver rankings, right? You could just stack cars with as many pros as you wanted, right? I
1: believe so at the time, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's right. You, you, you could put in, you could just stack the deck. Um, and so I, I guess it was, it was pretty cool to, you know, for the, at least in the level five side where they tended to stack the deck a lot um, on both, uh, in both ALMS and in, in Grand Am. It was cool to, uh, um, to have the opportunity to be in that, uh, that lineup at Daytona. And of course, in ALMS, there was driver ratings, um so that did factor into to uh my sort of initial involvement with uh with the team um, you know, slotting in, I think, in that silver driver role. Um, you know, but uh, for certainly for Daytona, no, there was it was open game for them and um it was cool to get that uh that opportunity.
0: And the other thing I, I really wanted to ask about was just some of the weird racetracks that Grand Am went to. Like I I found Grand Am really endearing because they went to the phoenix road course and the iowa road course and the homestead road course and just weird roval tracks and what's it like wheeling a grand am daytona prototype around the iowa road course which i think was like 1.3 miles or something like that
1: yeah um the i guess uh the one that that catches my you know that that really comes to to memory the best actually is homestead um, and, and I think cause it, it was, it was that we, the power steering motors in those DP cars would always kind of lock up under at a certain load. They would just max out and then you would lose the power steering. And at Homestead, it was always in the middle of the banking in six gear, flat out, as fast as you could go in the, right in the middle of the banking, um, the steering would just lock and you, if you were on the wrong trajectory, you were not going to be able to do anything about it. And so it was always, it was such a weird, disconcerting feeling, um, you know, when you'd go in on entry to, you know, you'd go up shift to six gear and stay flat and you would turn in and you just hope that you got the, the car down to the, to the line and, and had the right car positioning so that you could come off the corner and, and, you know, know that you could drive it off before, you know, while the, while well, the power steering kind of locked up on you and and that was a pretty much a consistent you know every lap type of thing and of course the hotter the ambient was the the, the hotter the power steering would get and so you know we we would always be playing with with settings in the car to try to help minimize load um you know but it, it was just it was just those type of tracks just brought out some pretty odd characteristics in the car that you know it was like well no that's just kind of you we just have to figure it out and, and deal with it but uh, um, yeah I mean the tracks were cool there was some pretty you know and I think New Jersey was another one we raced at um, which was which was just a gnarly circuit uh, that you you it's just not one of the big ones but we would go and it would be a great show and, and it would always attract a lot of uh, a lot of people so it, it was neat it was neat there was always something new it seemed uh, in the Grand dam days as far as tracks were concerned
0: well that's awesome Marcus great to talk about your Grand Am times uh, obviously uh, if you want to plug what you're doing now I know you guys just won your uh, pilot challenge championship in your Hyundai Veloster and TCR which was amazing your first year at IMSA to come in and uh, you know and win the title and I think you guys were one and two right Yeah. So yeah, uh,
1: the Hyundai program um, has, has been awesome uh, in IMSA and we had a, we, you know, Michael Lewis and I had a great season last year, as did Harry, um, Harry Gottsacker and and Mason Philippi. They, they were awesome and, and we had some great competition. Uh, The car was, uh, was, was stellar. And I think, you know, we're going to see some more uh, Hyundai Veloster NTCRs uh, running uh, as a result of, uh, of our great 2019 season. So We're excited. It's uh, it's it's going to be another great year, and uh, we're expecting more cars and higher car count and and a growing class. So, uh, we're
0: looking forward to getting back on track uh, in a few weeks. Uh, I heard you're also going to try and go to the Nurburgring this year. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an exciting
1: year. We're. Um, yeah, uh, so the four of us, uh, our goal will be to run the Nürburgring 24-hour at the end of May, um, but uh, there's, there's quite a process involved to get us to that point um, as far as uh, uh, licensing is concerned. And so, uh, you know, it's not one trip to Germany, it's, it's actually several trips to Germany between March and, uh, and May, um, and, and, and several races uh, at lower levels to try to uh, meet the requirements uh, necessary to, uh, to do the 24-hour. And uh, I've, I've run the Nürburgring a few times just in streetcars, and it is going to be one heck of an experience. Um, we're all super excited, and uh, we hope that we're able to, uh, to, to, get, to check off all the requirements so we can get that license and go out there and uh, really check off a massive bucket list item.
0: Well, it's awesome, Mark, and uh, thanks so much for uh, for doing this. It's great to chat with you. Um, it's uh, you know awesome just to talk about the Grand Am days. You know, something I've always always enjoyed watching when I was a kid. So it's cool to talk to one of the drivers and get the inside uh, look at everything. So I really appreciate it. Oh no, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, awesome. Thanks, Mark. All right, take care.